ready to welcome a special guest that is with us this Sunday. Um, Pastor Billy Burns has been with us before. Billy, I remember it was not that long ago, two or three years, years something like that. Pastor Billy was a children's pastor here in our area, Trinity Church International in Lake Worth, that many of you know of that church, for over 25 years, been in children's and student evangelism and ministry and revival, literally going around the world for all of his, all of his ministry, uh, left that position to do that, to travel again, to start traveling and doing traveling ministry, and we're so glad we had a beautiful service with him with, with pastors and workers and leaders uh, yesterday. We had a wonderful time, but he's going to come and minister. Pastor Billy, we love you. He's been our friend for 30-something years, ever since we came to South Florida, and we love him. He's got a heart for revival, and uh, he's been in the trenches of that in this area with us for a long time and continues seeking the Lord with us and for us for a mighty move of God in our area. Pastor Billy, come. God bless you as you come. We welcome you today. Well, good morning. It's good to be back in South Florida where it's the, a part of the Sunshine State. I was reminded, we, he mentioned that we had lived in this area for 25 years as a children's pastor of a great church. And I, this morning reminded me of something I, I had forgotten. Florida has a lot of what I call iguana Christians. You know what an iguana does when it gets cold? It, I mean, it comes stiff. I mean, it's as though it's dead. <laughs> uh, and when it begins to feel some heat, then it begins to be mobile again. I'm sure that churches all across South Florida this morning are experiencing the iguana Christians. They're home in bed. They're stiff. They're not moving. Uh, if you can't say amen, say oh me. It's the truth. It is the truth. Oh, it's good to be here this morning. You know why I love being here with you this morning? Because Jesus is here. I said that Jesus is here. I said that Jesus is here. We used to sing the song, Pastor Calvin, because Jesus is here. All things are possible. This is a day of a supernatural move of God. God, if you're looking for any place that you can visit this morning, if there's any place, God, that you're looking to demonstrate your power, this is that place today. I said this is a day of the Holy Ghost. I mean, this is a day for God to demonstrate his might, his power. He's looking for some place. He'll pass by church after church after church. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? He's looking for a place that he can show his love, his might, his power. And I'm here to declare that this is that place. I'm so desirous this morning of you leaving here so radically changed. I remember as a child watching a minister named Oral Roberts. I don't know if you've heard of his name before. I watched it broadcast weekly. And he would say this statement. He would say, something good is going to happen to you. Do you remember that? I'm here to declare that this morning something good is going to happen to you. I, I'm here to declare that you will leave here differently than the way that you came in. God has already provided several ways for life change. Through the praise and worship this morning, he, the Bible says that he lives or he dwells in the praises of his people. I don't know about you, but if I'm in his presence, that's an opportunity for change. And then second of all, Pastor Calvin, in his wisdom, we had communion this morning. That in his, many people miss the power of communion. 
It's not just a tradition. It's not just a part of the way we do things. No, there is power. There is supernatural power to change to change you and me as we take communion. Communion is the sales receipt showing what has already been purchased for us. I, I believe that as I take of that juice and as I take of that bread, there is supernatural power available to me and that which was purchased for me 2,000 years ago, I can say as I take this juice, as I take this bread, I can say it's mine. I, I don't know if you needed healing this morning, but you've already missed two great opportunities to get it. I might be a little bit too bold. I, I don't know. But I'm here to declare that Jesus is in this room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all things are possible to him that believeth. I, I, I don't go to church just because it's Sunday. I, I don't go because it's a tradition. There's something that is going to happen today in your life and my life that I couldn't get at home watching on Zoom. So let me quote T.D. Jakes. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Because God has something powerful. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you show me your Bibles, please? I want to see what I have here. Not your iPhone, please. Not your iPad. When I was a little boy, let me change it back. I never was a little boy. When I was a younger boy, when I was born, my mama thought she had twins until she turned me over, but that's a different story altogether. Well, I was in a church just a few weeks ago, and somebody complained to the pastor because I was funny. Like you're not supposed to laugh in church. If you want a funeral service, I can do that. But I believe that when I get through, you're going to be coming out of that grave. Thank God for the Holy Ghost this morning. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. When I was a little boy, we... And vacation Bible school would have, do you remember these days when we had vacation Bible schools in the churches and we'd do the pledge to the American flag and the Christian, am I the only one that remembers that? And then the Christian flag and then the Bible, we'd do a, a scripture after each of them and then we'd do a song and we'd sing about the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. You remember that? I stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Today we have to change it. In most churches, it's the I-P-H-O-N-E. <laughs> the I-P-H-O-N-E. That's iPhone for those that are having trouble. You, you didn't have Hooked on Phoenix when you were growing up. I'm going to have fun whether you do or not. <laughs> You've already given your offering. You might as well have fun. <laughs> if you have your Bibles this morning, Grab a hold of that Bible. Don't just sit there and look at me. I know that is an option that you have just to stare at me and say, man, God did a good job on his bod. <laughs> grab your Bible right now. When you grab a hold of your Bible, it sends shockwaves through the corridors of hell. Did you hear me? Thank God for the screen and the scriptures on it, but when all hell is breaking out, you can't call Pastor Calvin and say, can you bring the screen to me? Grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of John, John chapter 14 in particular. Mm. John chapter 14. I, I want you to see this in your Bible because I, you need to see what's above what I'm saying and below. You can pull things out of context and preach anything. Judas hung himself. Go thou and do likewise. You know, you can, you, can, you can put it all together and create something entirely different. 
But John chapter 14, I'll get to that in just a moment or a moment or two. As I was praying about this morning, God gave me a specific word for this church. I've never preached this before. As an evangelist, I have the option of preaching sermons that are timeless. I can preach them over and over and over, and they carry as much weight and power as the first time that I preached them. Timeless. But there's also, Pastor, and you know this, there's, there are timely words. I mean, it's right now. I love it when God gives a right now word, don't you? Let me, let me set the, the setting for what I'm about to share. In fact, let me just share the title of this message. Again, when God mentioned this to me, told me this, I thought, this, this duck's not going to float. I've preached long enough, I know they don't float. But the Holy Spirit said these words to me. He said to preach, one step forward, five step backward. One step forward, five steps backward. Before we look at John chapter 14, and in John chapter 14, you remember, that's the time that Jesus has his closest disciples together, and they're having what we call the Last Supper which shows that Jesus was not from the north because had he been a Yankee, it would have been the last dinner. You know I'm right, don't you? Just a short time before this in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus had just spent a lot of time with what I call spiritual knotheads. People that just like to argue for the sake of arguing. Have you ever encountered somebody like that? They ain't got, part of my English, they ain't got nothing else to do but stir up trouble. Scribes and Pharisees, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the moaners, the groaners, the complainers. Jesus withdraws from them in Matthew 16. You're welcome to read it but not right now. Jesus had his inner circle. He had the 12 with him. They, they crossed into Caesarea Philippi. Jesus asked perhaps what would seem like a random question, but yes, it's a powerful question. Jesus said to his disciples, who do they say, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? You've read that before, I know. The disciples began to interject what they had heard. One disciple said, I've heard people talking that they think that you're an updated Jeremiah or that you are Jeremiah. Hmm. Another one said, I've heard you're Elijah. Another one said, I've heard, and I've heard this several times, that you're John the Baptist. Another disciple said, you're one of the prophets. That's what, I've, that's what I hear as I go around town. And then Jesus turns to a disciple and point blank looks at him and says, who do you say I am? If I had the time this morning, I would love to just walk around with a microphone and ask you individually, who do you say that he is? This disciple looked at him and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You remember this? Jesus looks at him and said, Simon Barjona. Barjona is not something you would think about, but it simply means you're the son of Jonah. Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get this on your own thinking. <laughs> in fact, I just thought of this. A little bit later in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, when, when uh, 
Peter and John were ministering. They had just, in Acts chapter 3, the man that had been lame for 40 years had been healed. He, he, he went walking and leaping and praising God. You remember that story? The people <laughs> that saw this guy, Peter and John, said that they are unlearned and ignorant. Remember that? <laughs> so G I thought about this just now. Jesus looks at him and says, this one you're thinking. That's not, that's not too much of a vote of confidence when Jesus said, you didn't come up with this yourself. He said, the Father's revealed this to you. In fact, I, there's a name change going on right now. No longer are you Simon Barjona. From now on, you're Simon Petros or Simon Peter. Simon the rock or a piece of the rock. Had I been Simon Peter, I would have gone to the printer and got a new business card put, put, uh, printed because I had Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, that called me Peter, Petros, the rock. When I was in elementary school, that would have been an opportunity for the teacher to put a star on my forehead. Do you remember those days? She may have put it, my first grade teacher put a star on my forehead and a whacking on my rear. It was balanced. <laughs> I'm having fun. For Peter, that was a giant step forward. I mean, it was a change. You were Simon Barjona, now you're Simon Peter the Rock. But the story doesn't end there. I mentioned at the beginning that the message is one step forward, five steps backwards. It wasn't too long after that that we get to John chapter 14, and I'll pass on it just for another moment or two. Simon the, Simon Peter, one of the, the, the 12 innermost people in Jesus' life and ministry. It wasn't all, all headliner material. Because it wasn't too long after John 14, 15, and 16, that upper room, that, that time where they had communion together, the time where Jesus shared intimate thoughts it wasn't long after that communion, that, that time together, that they went to a garden to pray. It was in the garden that Jesus was crying out to the Father. You remember this. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. It wasn't just maybe two or three hours into that time in the Garden of Gethsemane that there was a visitor, a visitor's plural. Judas came back, remember this, and brought the, 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 the military with him, the leaders with him. Judas gives Jesus a kiss on the cheek. The arrest was imminent. So what does Simon Peter the Rock do? He tries to take it on himself. You remember this? And he grabs the sword of a soldier named Malchus and he cuts off the right ear of Malchus. I, I can imagine Jesus looking at Peter and going, I don't know what Hebrew would be for this, but he would look at him and say, Really? One step backwards. Jesus is arrested. Remember, one step forward. Five steps backwards. Jesus is arrested. He's put on trial. He's being questioned. Three different times, I won't take the time to go through the stories because you know that as Jesus was being having the Inquisition, having the, the, the challenges presented to him, three different times, Peter denied that he knew even who Christ was. 
let me take a giant step backwards. When Jesus was with the 12 and he asked them, who do people say that I am? He was with 12 people that loved him with all their heart. Am I right? They were Christ's followers. They weren't something that he picked up on the side of the street yesterday and just met him for the first time, but these were intimate followers of Christ. Peter loved Jesus. In John, I think it's John chapter 13, Jesus said, I'm not going to be with you for a while. Uh, I'm not going to be with you. And Peter said, wherever you're going, I'm going. I'm going to hang around you. His heart was to serve Christ. His heart was to be a follower of Christ. He didn't have anything within his heart to, to shun away from Christ. You see, when he was physically with Christ, everything was A-OK. -okay. Three times he denies that he knows Christ. So three more steps backwards. That's four. After the, the crucifixion and Jesus is placed in the grave, what happens to the disciples? John chapter 20 says that they all go into hiding. The ones that were intimate with Jesus, those that had his heart, had a heart for him, go into hiding again, a fifth setback. Now I want to look at John chapter 14 with you. John chapter 14, verse 18. Jesus starts it off by saying this, I will not leave you comfortless. I, I don't know what translation of the Bible that you're reading right now. The King James, the authorized version, uses the word comfortless, doesn't it? Other translations use the word as orphans. I will not leave you as an orphan. Other translations use this word. They say, it says, I will not leave you helpless. Can I be so frank with you and honest that when you're in this room right now, it's easy to serve God? You... you, you I don't think there's anybody in here thinking right now, how can I mess up? How can I fail God? When you come to church on Sunday morning, you got the, you got the glory, hallelujah. Do you know why we don't use the word hallelujah in more songs? Because nothing rhymes with it. It's just not spiritual singing, hallelujah, what's it to you? It just, it just isn't a good thing. In this room, it's easy to have your hands raised. It's easy to shout. It's easy to dance. I've had people ask me all the time, Billy, what do you think about laughter in the church? What do you think about people running in the church? What do you think about people being slain in the spirit? I said, that, that's all fine and good. My question for you is, what happens when you walk out of this church building? You can shout all you want to, you can dance, you can run, you can, you can do whatever you want. But when you walk out and you get into the real world, there's many churches that have a sign as you leave the property that says you're entering, entering into your mission field. When you're in the real world, when all hell is breaking out at your job, when your home seems like it's falling apart, when your kids are rebellious, when your finances, you're looking up to see the bottom, when everything seems to be going wrong, my, how are you going to make it? Are you orphans? Are you helpless? Jesus said, I will not leave you helpless. If you're helpless, that means simply you need help. I know that wasn't profound, but it is. If you're helpless, that means you need help. And you need help from a helper. John chapter 14, verse 16, just two verses up, Jesus said, And I will pray the Father that he will send you another comforter. That comforter, in some translations, say the word advocate. There are translations that say, I'll pray the Father and he will give you another helper. That helper is the Holy Spirit. 
I said the helper is the Holy Spirit. And he has been sent by the Father to be our helper. I mentioned one step forward, five steps back. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Or Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. Jesus is about to leave and return back to the Father. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 it says these words, it says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water. Verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Jesus was saying, I'm about to leave you, John 14, 1. If you've ever been to a funeral, you've heard that. Let, let, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. You believe in me, my fathers. You, you've heard that. Then Jesus later in this time of communion, the time of fellowship, the, the impartation with his intimate followers said, says these words. As I leave, I'm not going to leave you without a helper. How important was this helper? We just read Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus said, I'm commanding you. I don't know about your upbringing, but when my dad said something, it wasn't a suggestion. When I chose to do things my way and go opposite of what he had said, he knew how to get to the bottom of the issue. My dad's philosophy was your spirit may belong to the Lord, but your body's mine. Some parents raised their kids. My dad reared his kids, and he reared us quite often. Jesus, how important was it for us, his followers? I'm talking to people just like the 11. Remember, Judas had departed. He'd gone his own way. The 11 that were with him were intimate with him. I'm talking to people this morning that are intimate with Jesus. I, I don't have a question in my mind, Pastor Calvin, that you pastor people that love Jesus just like you do. Am I the right place this morning? To these people, Jesus said, I, I'm not giving you an option. He said, I'm commanding that you stay here and wait for the promise of the Father. What is that promise? Joel chapter 2, God said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And upon my servants and my handmaidens in those days will I pour out of my spirit. Now listen. Jesus knew that you and I need a helper in order to keep on doing what he wants us to do. I'm talking to perhaps to some people this morning that when you're in this room on Sunday mornings and you can sense the presence of God. Listen, if you couldn't feel the presence of God well ago during praise and worship, you need a checkup. But when you get out in the real world, I'm talking to some people that fail. They take a step backward. It's not because you don't love Jesus. It's not because, because uh, you, you're trying to, 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 to do wrong. Remember, remember when Peter denied Jesus in, uh, with the three people, three groups? His heart was filled with such remorse. He went off. He was angry at himself, began to curse. I said this morning that this is a timely message. Because I believe that there are folk here this morning. Pardon me for talking, texting. I said folk that are here. I believe that there are people that are here this morning. That you love Jesus with all of your heart. Your desire is not to leave this auditorium on Sunday morning. And time and time again. You, you're giving it your best. But your best evidently is not good enough. You, you try to stop. You try to withdraw. You try to push things aside. But it just don't happen. I've come this morning to tell you that there is a helper. I said, I've come to tell you that there is a helper. The Holy Spirit has been assigned. He has been sent just for you.
If you and I will heed the command of Jesus, he commanded that they stay in Jerusalem. Luke chapter 24, verse 49, stay here until you be endued or clothed with power from on high. I'm trying to help you this morning. I believe that God sent me to, to uh, Loxahatchee, not just so I could enjoy Bud's chicken again. When we got to Palm Beach County, when we got in this area, the first place we went was Bud's chicken. When we lived in Fort Worth for seven years, I kept on praying, God, send Bud's chicken. You may think I'm trying to be funny right now. I, with God as my witness, I'm telling the truth. We'd drive by a building that was going up, and Dickie would say, what do you think that is? I said, Bud's chicken. <laughs> Did Bud's chicken yesterday, uh, fr uh, Friday when we got to town around noon? Then for supper, thank you for allowing me to talk Southern. Supper. I ain't, I ain't a Yankee. Mm. Went to a PA grill. Get their wings. After I got, had, what a privilege Vicky and I had yesterday to minister to leaders in the church. Three hours. Then after that we went to uh, uh, John G's. I, I'm not here because they have the best fish. I mean, you slap your mama to get some more of that right now. It's good. It's good. I told myself if I'm going to be full gospel, I'm going to look full gospel. I, I've been sent here this morning. I, I, I'm not just looking for a place to preach. I believe I'm sent here this morning because there are people here that you've taken one step forward. Then you've taken step back after step back. And it's, it seems like it's beyond your control. You need a helper. Look in your Bible to Acts chapter 2. Let me give you the next part of what happened. It says, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. Verse 2. And suddenly a sound came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Verse 3. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I could spend maybe an hour just talking about that. They were all, A-L-L. I mentioned that one time preaching in West Texas. They thought I said the word oil. They got excited because remember, West Texas is where the old Derricks are in Texas. They were all <laughs> they <laughs> they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Why is this important? Why did Jesus command? I, I was reading again last night, Pastor, I, and I I've read this verse hundreds of times. I don't believe I'm exaggerating by saying that. Ephesians chapter five, verse eighteen. Now, this is 30 years after the day of Pentecost. Somewhere around 60, early 60 A.D., 62 A.D., 30 years after the day of Pentecost. Paul the Apostle writes, first of all, he writes that we're not fighting flesh and blood. Listen, your battle is not flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. But in that same letter, 30 years after the day of Pentecost, Peter says these words. He said, but be filled with the Spirit. Who is he writing? The Ephesians. Who are the Ephesians? People that love Jesus just like you do. So it wasn't a one-time event. Trouble with many churches, they've made the day of Pentecost a one-time event instead of something that's happening daily. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're shouting right now. Why is this so important? We need a helper because we're fighting against things which are bigger than us. I said you are facing something that is bigger than you. 
We're, we're facing John chapter 8, verse 44. Satan is a liar and the father of all lies. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said that Satan is a thief who's come to kill, steal, and destroy. The, the, uh, the apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians and, and, and said that Satan, he's blinding your eyes for you don't see accurately. John the Revelator wrote in John, excuse me, Revelation chapter 12 and chapter 20. He said that Satan is a deceiver. Let me talk to you personally. Listen, this battle is not easy. I said it's not easy. I mean, you can have all the willpower that you want. You can go to every support group that you want. But no matter how you try to do this in the natural, the natural cannot overtake the supernatural. And the trouble with the body of Christ at large is we've been trying to do this by ourselves and we are no match. But Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm going to go to the Father and he and I are going to have a father-son talk. And I'm going to tell him what he already knows, that you need a helper. He said, in other words, he said, I'll send, I ask him to send you another comforter. Somebody just like me. When I'm with you, you got your act together. But when you don't, when you walk out of the church building, you don't have Pastor Calvin, Pastor Christie, you, you don't have them looking right at you. And it, it, that temptation, I, you, I know that you got it from the altar and you said, I'll never do this again. But we need a helper. I said, we need a helper. I said, we, Pastor Calvin, you need a helper once you walk out of this building. Vicki, you need a helper when you walk out of this building. I, I, I was saved at the age of six. I am just turned 65. I know that's a revelation to you because I have a body of a 25-year-old. It's a curse to be this good-looking. You'll see that picture on Facebook someday. <laughs> we, after we were ate at John G's yesterday, we drove up A1A. One of my kids said, Dad, did you go get the water? I said, Son, I don't want to be a lust factor for all the women on the beach. No, 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 no. Somebody's sitting there saying, Did he say lust factor in church? We need a helper. No wonder Jesus said, "Be stay in Jerusalem until you be empowered from on high. No wonder the apostle Paul later said, be filled with the Spirit. And that means that you and I, as Jesus-loving people, need the power, we need the person of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what happens when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about a person that had, had taken a step forward, had the star on his forehead. He was a student of the hour, five steps backward. But when he was filled with the Holy Ghost, a man that was a coward. I said a man that was a coward. Listen, I'm talking to some people this morning that your neighbors don't even know that you're born again. You're a covert Christian. I may be getting too strong, but I don't think I'm getting strong enough. I, I'm wrapping it up. I am. I am. I am. Jesus took a guy that couldn't even talk to a girl in the courtyard while Jesus was being lambasted. I don't know who Jesus is. Some men warming their hands by the fire. Again, denied Jesus. Another little girl, young lady. Denied. I, I saw this, Pastor Calvin. I've read, Acts is my favorite book of the Bible. F.F. F. Bosworth said, 
author of the book Christ the Healer, one of the best books on divine healing there is. He said, if you want to know how, how the Holy Spirit acts today, read how he acted when he had full control of the church. That's why I love the book of Acts. To me, it's not historical. It is the owner's manual of the Holy Spirit. I'm wrapping it up with this. I promise I am. Every preacher has at least three endings to the message. This is number one. Hallelujah. 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 I feel one of those suddenlies coming on. And while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell. Mm. Acts chapter 2, I believe, I believe it's verse 15. It might be 14. I don't recall. Peter, the guy who was a, a coward, he stood up with the 11 and began to speak. Listen, if you can't talk to a little girl, excuse me, you're not a little girl. If you can't speak to a little girl, you ain't, part of my English again, you ain't got no inside guts to stand up and preach to the multitudes. The Holy Spirit is a transformer. I said he's come to transform you. Yeah, life is full of, 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 of battles. But when you have the helper on the inside of you, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Peter saw the miracles. Am I right? He saw the blind see. He saw the, the deaf begin to hear again. He saw the lame begin to walk again. But once he, was, once he was filled with the Holy Ghost, he was no longer a seer, he was a doer. Being filled with the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, will cause you to take what you see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the works of Jesus, what he did, you'll begin to see him do it through you. Mm, if I was in an old-time Pentecost church right now, I'd be running. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I don't know if you're getting a hold of what I said. This Sunday is a day of transformation. This is the day that the things that you used to do, it ain't that way no more. I said it, it's, part of, it's bad English, I know it is, but it ain't that way no more. When you leave out of here, when you walk out of here, I said when you walk out of here, you walk out full of the power of God. Why? Because you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Listen, if all the Holy Ghost was sent to do was to give the guys in the upper room, the 120, some kind of spiritual buzz, you and I wouldn't be here today. But when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they left the upper room. And what was the result? About 3,000 people were added to the church. Listen, there ain't, part. I'm using bad English. My English teacher would slap me right now. There ain't, there isn't a church building program that can top what the Holy Ghost can do. I close with this verse, closing number two. I'm, I'm ready to see what God's going to do. I believe he's already opened up some eyes in some areas. Hmm. Something good is going to happen to you. Acts chapter 17, verse 6. I love it when I see people taking notes. Pastor Calvin, you have an incredible congregation here. You're, you're a blessed man. You already know that, but I want to tell you what I can say. You're, you're blessed. Can I flip the coin and say that you're blessed with the pastor that you have? You're blessed. Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, verse 6. says these words that these, I'm talking King James now. He, these that have come hither. 
I've never known what a hither is. I've never been hither. These that have come hither have turned the world upside down. Oh, I wish I had another hour with you. I, I don't know if you can sense what I do right now. Vicki, I can see why when God spoke to me just a couple of days ago, the priest one step forward, five steps backward, I questioned. This isn't the kind of message I preach. But I've been sent this morning with this message just for you. I believe, Pastor, that some blinds have fallen off of eyes this morning. And people have begun to recognize what, sometimes we need to recognize what we already know. Can I say it again? Sometimes we need to recognize what we already know. There are people here that you've been trying to do this on your own. And I've come to echo what Jesus said. I will pray the Father that he will send you another comforter, a helper. You must, I must, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. This day will be the beginning of destiny-setting days. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. I, I, I know that I've gone longer perhaps than I should, but I don't apologize. Maybe I should have left out one of the jokes about how good-looking I am because you already recognized that. I didn't need to say it. You need a helper. I need a helper. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, Billy, I, I was. Really? Yeah, there's people that would say, in 1982, I was filled with the Holy Spirit in a Jimmy Swagger camp meeting. But are you filled today? Are you continuing to walk in the fullness of the Spirit? Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, And Jesus departed or was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit came upon him when he was baptized. You remember that? The Holy Spirit descended like in the form of a dove. But it, he didn't leave for the wilderness that day. It's further down the road that he was led by the Spirit. Are you filled with the Spirit? I'm wondering this morning, how many of you would be able to say, Billy, I love Jesus with all my heart. May I see your hands, please? Just slip them up. There's no one looking other than myself. Although we have a camera on you, we'll, we'll print this out later. All across this auditorium. Everybody except the guy doing the sound, and he's, a, he's just looking at me saying, when is he going to finish? You can put your hands down. How many of you would say, Pastor Billy, I know that I have been filled with the Spirit. May I see your hands? There's an, you say, how can I know? Well, there's an evidence. They were all filled, and they began to speak with other tongues. Thank you. Put your hands down. I want to ask everybody to stand to your feet, please. Oh, my goodness. I thought it was late yesterday. It's even later today. I, I recognize the time, and I recognize some of you, you have places to go after this is over. This isn't it for the day. But I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that this message is so timely because, first of all, there are people here who are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, you, you know what I was talking about when I said one step forward, five steps back. There are people here like that, Pastor. I know that. There's those that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but that was some time ago. And that refreshing of the Holy Spirit, that relationship is a historical fact, not a present reality. I'm torn on what to do because I, I, I honor. I honor wisdom. And wisdom would dictate for many not to come forward. I understand that. So here's what I want to do. There might be those that would say, Billy, I would love to come forward and have you or Pastor Calvin or, or, or Vicki, my wife, lay hands upon you. Oh, I would be thrilled to do that. I Yesterday was such a joy to get to minister to 40-some-odd people. 
There might be those here that say, Billy, I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. Or, Billy, I, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but I've been trying to do this by myself. If you would like us to lay hands upon you and pray with you for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you're welcome to come forward. You're welcome to come forward. I, I, again, if you do, wonderful. If you would choose not to, I fully understand. I want to honor you. I need a helper. I said, I need a helper. There are those here, you've been trying to do, fight these battles on your own. I said, you've been trying to fight these on your own. You don't have what it takes to do it on your own. But thank God for the helper. If I could have a straight line across, if y'all could help me by having just one straight line across, There's others here. I, I'm trying to wrap up this service. I know you have one at 11. But I'll prophesy, Pastor. The day will come. The day will come. Let me change it. The day is here. What happens in the first service because of the unction of the Holy Spirit? Remember 1 John. He talks about an unction. It will cause what happens in one service to bleed into the second service. And there won't be a break. Are you with me this morning? There won't be a break. Second service people come in and say, I can't even find a seat. People aren't leaving. They're, they're not going to buds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you join me just for a moment all across this auditorium? Would you raise your hands up toward heaven? The psalmist David said, I will lift up my hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Psalm 134, verse 2. All across this auditorium, would you raise your hands right now and use your voice and begin to magnify God? No. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, bless the Lord with me. Acts 2 is a worshiping church, I know that. Hallelujah, hallelujah, I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord, I bless you, Lord, I bless you, Lord. Now look at me, please. Look at me, please. Here's what's going to happen. I want to tell you what the Bible says. I, in fact, I quoted it a while ago. In fact, I did a pretty good job. Acts chapter 2. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. That means they were there with the same purpose. And that's what's happening right now. Same purpose. The Bible says that God entered into the room. It was undeniable. When the Holy Spirit filled them, verse 4, Acts chapter 2, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And, did you see that conjunction, the word and? That means that's not all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But he says, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. I know that in this church, I'm telling you things that Pastor Calvin's told you up 10 million times because he and I have the same heart. I just have some extra on me to hide the heart. They begin to speak with other tongues. I believe that when we pray, God hears us. When we ask, the psalmist David said, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. So we're going to ask right now. Luke chapter 11 says that if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? There might be those in the congregation I, I, I don't know. You might want to come and stand behind these individuals. You don't have to, but you might want to be a part of what God's going to do. I, I would appreciate your help if you would feel so inclined. And I say that with the greatest care on your part. Again, you don't have to. I'm not saying that this is a must, but I am saying I'm going to wrap it up right now because we're going to ask. Pastor Calvin, if you would, Vicki, if you would, please. I'm going to ask you, after we pray this prayer, to go and lay your hands upon each individual. Now, here's what's going to happen. 
We ask, God hears. Am I right? Let me ask again. We ask, God hears. And when he hears, he answers. I said he answers. So if Jesus said, if you ask, the Father will give this gift. So that's what we're going to do. Now, how do you know that you receive the gift? You open your mouth. It can't get much easier than that. You open your mouth. I mean, you open your mouth. I used to do that in school. and The teacher would get upset. Her favorite day was the day I was homesick because I always had something to say. You open your mouth. And then allow the Holy Spirit. You begin to use your voice. And you begin to say what the Holy Spirit says. It's a different language. Y'all sang a song earlier this morning. I was going, what language is that? I know it's not Bohemian. It's a different language from heaven. Let's raise our hands and let's ask Pastor Vicki, Pastor uh, let's raise our hands. Would you say this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, come on, everybody say these words. Heavenly Father, I thank you that I'm your child. Jesus is my Lord. I'm born again. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm redeemed. <laughs> I'm your child. And so now I ask, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Helper. Clothe me with your power. I believe. I receive. I said, I believe. I receive. I say right now, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Pastor, lay your hands upon them. Hallelujah. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth and begin to pray out loud in a language from on high. Open up your mouth and begin to pray out loud. Father,
God. 